0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and thanks for joining me, Sharon Noonan, for tonight's Best Possible Taste. I hope you've had a great long weekend and the plan tonight is to keep that holiday feeling going with great advice from none other than Georgina Campbell about planning a holiday in Ireland. Yes Chef Shane Smith will be providing details about the recently launched Yes Chef Awards. Avril Bannerton gives us the heads up on Taste of Dublin, which is taking place in Ivy Gardens from Thursday the 11th until June the 14th. (laughs) you <laughs> And restaurant reviewer Rachel Keeley will be in studio to talk about a fairly new restaurant called Daroka in Ballybunion, County Kerry. If you have something that you'd like to share with us on the show, I'd love to hear from you. It could be your favourite recipe or a fantastic food find. Anything food or drink related at all, please do get in touch and you can email me s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. But before you do, it's time to welcome resident reviewer Rachel Keeley and find out about her latest dining spot, which I know is going to be of great interest to listeners in the West Limerick area.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
0: Delicious. Mmm. Rachel, you're very welcome this evening and tonight you're going to talk about a place that I would imagine is going to be very popular with the West Limerick listeners in particular and that is Daroka in Ballybunion in County
2: Kerry. Yes, and a place I'd imagine is going to get more popular as the summer months roll in um, because it literally is overlooking the water in Ballybunion village I suppose you'd call it, town? I think
0: it's a town. Town
2: probably, yeah. In the winter it looks like a village, no doubt, and it's it's a town in the summertime. Um, But it's not open very long I think um, but you actually recommended that I pop down and have a look at it so I was obviously trusting your judgement so um, we went down one evening not that I had,
0: actu- I had actually been in it at that <laughs> stage but I'd It'd heard great things, things about yeah. it yes yeah. I
2: had heard great things about it and all true it transpired the food was excellent Do you know?
0: But the weather not so much because you were there on a fairly exciting winter's night.
2: Yes, um, like the end of the world down there. It was just rain lashing through and wind whipping up the sea, and yeah, not the most pleasant kind of seaside experience. But at the same time, you can definitely imagine what it would be like then in the wind, in the summer months. Was it a weekend or midweek night? Midweek. We popped down after work um, and I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And was it busy? It wasn't when we popped down but to be fair we arrived at about 6.30 so it was well ahead of everybody else um, but the, the people were the owners were kind enough to accommodate us that early anyway even though they hadn't just opened. Um, but as we were leaving they really picked up. A lot of people came in at that point then and they kind of bunched together tables and it seemed to be a really nice local hangout with a lot of local people there.
0: Well that's great for a Tuesday
2: night in the winter. Exactly I thought I was very impressed because initially at six o'clock I was thinking well it's going to stay this quiet most restaurants would but um, obviously it's it's got a name already. So it's going to be busy for the summer I would imagine. I definitely would imagine it's not enormous either so I'd say reservations might be in order as it gets busier.
0: The decor now isn't the most striking I hear, I've heard this now. It's not the sort of place that you would
2: want to be judging the book by its cover. No, well, the first issue is that it doesn't seem to have. Um, A sign. (laughs) So we drove a little bit around and around trying to find the restaurant um, and eventually decided that must be it because it doesn't have any sign above it. Now they may have just been in changeover period or or even the wind could have taken it down. Um, But then when you get inside as well, I think it used to be a country kitchen cafe. So a lot of pine and um, a lot of sort of traditional chairs and that kind of Irish heritage style which which is lovely obviously for a country cafe. Doesn't necessarily lend itself to the calibre of food as it transpired when we actually got down to got down to business so the owners haven't
0: put their own mark on it in terms of paint furnishings furniture
2: i don't think so and um, i've never been to it before to whatever premises was beforehand but i don't think an awful lot has been done um, but there was which was very nice and very welcome on that winter evening a lovely turf fire so that was very atmospheric and nice to sit beside
0: tell us then about the menu what sort of food was on the menu
2: the food uh, menu is what I like. It's, it's simple and uncomplicated and not enormous either. Um, so a lot of kind of Irish traditional dishes, but done very well and with interesting ingredients. So um, it was clear whoever put the, put the menu together cares about food and, and knows quite a lot about food. Um, it was one of those occasions where we wanted a lot of it, um, a little bit of everything, so we kind of ordered accordingly. Um, but I started off with uh, Dublin Bay prawns. They were... Presented absolutely beautifully, sitting on top a really creamy accarello risotto. Lovely, lovely, uh, warming, comforting dish to have on such a blustery night like that. It was fantastic. And actually only €8, despite being a very, very generous portion. I would have happily had that for my main course. It was a lovely way to start. Shells on or shells off? Shells off, uh, but very, very... Big and fat and meaty prawns, to be fair. So um, I imagine if the shells were on, they might have been a little bit of a challenge for myself. But uh, no, they were they, it, absolutely fabulous. Really, really one of the nicest starters I've had in a long time. And that was a great price. Eight euro, it really was, yeah. Um, I think the menu had slightly different prices to what the receipt had on them at the end. But uh, we weren't complaining. <laughs> the receipt was lower. And what did your dining partner have to start Um, Yes, my my husband had, like that, we were kind of thinking about seafood being so close, obviously, to the water. So he had seared scallops, um, which were delicious and fresh as you'd imagine them to be. They were served alongside a really salty ham hock croquette, which was very interesting in terms of the juxtaposition of textures. You know, it was a really nice, I thought, addition to the scallops, because scallops in themselves can sometimes be... A little bit bland in terms of taste. It was really nice to get that extra level of crunch and that extra level of flavours. And a bit of a change from the black pudding accompaniment that you'd often see with the scallops. Exactly, yes, yeah. And I think I've, I've seen quite a, little bit of, quite a bit of chorizo as well with them recently. So that was something a little bit different. And the idea of, of, of I suppose, wrapping it in a croquette as well or a croquette was, um, was fairly novel too. And that was €12. Euros. So again, quite good value for, for a generous plate of scallops. Moving on to main courses. Uh, this is I think where we started to order a little bit of everything. Um, so I know that I went for the lamb rump, which was cooked beautifully. It was lovely and pink and uh, and really sort of well flavoured. And that was served with cauliflower and olives, um, which kind of gave it a slight hint of a Mediterranean to it actually in eating it. Um, and I had that then alongside a glass of chilled Pinot Grigio a San Simone, which again was six fifty, so not not too bad value. What what the chef seems to do, which is very nice and and quite uh traditional i suppose as he drizzles a little bit of the pan juices around all the dishes um, it might not be the m- most novel technique that you'd ever see in sort of some of the high concept restaurants but it's lovely and it adds a lovely lovely flavor to the dish so i was glad to see it and what did Anthony have? He had the pork neck because he doesn't have to care about calories. Um, he, it was slow cooked and served with wilted kale and parsnips, uh, and then to top uh, top it all off, there was a spoonful of cafe de paris butter oozing down on top. It was fabulous, really, really nice. You got Mantoed. to taste a little bit. <laughs> I did. I got to taste a little bit of and think about working it off later. Um, it was really, really good. The meat was just just absolutely fell apart, um, and he had that alongside a glass of Malbec. And do you have to order sides or do the
0: dishes come complete with everything that you need to go with them?
2: We, um, they they come with a certain amount all right. I'm trying to recall now. They come with a certain amount, but again, because it all looks so appetizing, we ended up ordering what turned out to be incredibly generous sides. We thought we were ordering a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It turned out to be a table full of sides really. Um, So much to our eternal shame, we had to leave quite a bit of it behind. But we ordered um, golden brown sauteed potatoes, which of course were fabulous, and then buttered greens and mashed carrots. And that came arranged on a lovely tray for seven euros. So again, quite generous you know and and good value and good value yeah especially for the caliber of food because it, it was it was cooked with care you could tell you could tell whoever put it together has a training and be a passion for food and i think they grow a lot of their own vegetables i think i saw that on the website all right yes i didn't get enough of a chance to talk to the guys there but i get the impression they do and it certainly tasted like that it tasted quite fresh yeah i think the have Tunnel nearby and they grow a lot of produce there including art- artichokes Artichokes, fabulous. So hard to get hold of here in Ireland. Yeah. Fresh ones. And how a chef finds the time to both grow and cook, um, they have my admiration, that's for sure. Um, and then we moved on to dessert. Uh, so, of course, Anthony's favourite favorite part of it. He had a baked apple crumble, um, which was served in one of those neat little dishes. Um, really tasty apple crumble, the only thing is though, they were served with a rum raisin ice cream that was a little bit too heady so sometimes that can mask the more delicate flavours of the apple um, and then I had a really, really enjoyable salted caramel mousse, um, which I've seen quite a bit of recently, it seems to be a bit of a dish du jour or I suppose a dish of the year at the moment It does sound lovely though, I love it's the bad. sound of the salted caramel Yes, it's, it's do you know what, it's it's very light dish but at the same time full of flavour, um, because I don't like to finish off my dessert or my dinner by having something even more heavy, and um, so this was a perfect way to finish off. It was served then with gooey caramel ice cream, which was a nice little childish treat. That sounds really nice.
0: And I'd say you maybe had a couple of coffees then to keep you fortified for the drive home.
2: Yeah, well, um, even more boring. We had a couple of peppermint teas. <laughs> we're that old now, Sharon. <laughs> no, we uh, we kind of fortified ourselves, as you say, and then buckled up and uh, wrapped around our, our hats and our coats and all the rest of it and, and set off. But as we were leaving, as I say, the place just filled up, which is really nice to see.
0: So the bill in total then, you feel it was great value for money and you would definitely recommend it?
2: I would, definitely. As I said, the the, the, the value certainly, we spent €84 Euro on three courses each, plus wine, plus teas, and then that enormous array of sides as well, which I think is extremely good value. And that was the dinner menu. There is also a lunch one, which would probably be um, even better value. And also um, the food. The food is just really well cooked. They have a... a sort of a mantra in there and you see it come up quite a bit on their menus and on their website which is real food real simple and i do think that encapsulates what you get there
0: well i wish them all the best in their venture i hope it is a resounding success for them because it's great for me personally to be in bally and to have somewhere of that caliber to go to eat so thanks very much for going and reviewing it and coming in thank you so much for your recommendation and telling (laughs) us about it tonight and i'll have to get it
2: get to it sooner rather than later. I think you will, because come summer, yeah, I don't think it'll be a lot harder to get a a reservation. So people should book in advance, I would imagine. I think so, just given how busy uh, Bally Bunyan gets and and given the calibre of the food involved.
0: And you'll be putting details of your review onto your website,
2: rmkeely.com, no doubt, in the coming weeks. I will indeed, yes. And actually, I think it's still available on the current issue of Food & Wine magazine. Fantastic. Thanks, Rachel, for coming in this evening. Thanks for having me, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin.
3: Salut. Schleiter.
0: Thanks to Rachel for her latest review, and you can find details of that review and lots of others by Rachel on her blog, rmkeely.com. And you might even be in Ballybunion this weekend for the Wild Atlantic Seaweed Festival. And I know that Daroka is one of the many restaurants taking part and hosting an event. It looks like a great festival and you may have heard Clodagh McKenna here on the show talking about it a few weeks ago. So best of luck to the organisers and enjoy if you're heading that direction this weekend and indeed if you come across the perfect restaurant that you'd like Rachel to visit and review for the show please drop me an email s.noonan at live.ie and I'll pass the details on to Rachel so still to come tonight we'll be getting great advice from none other than Georgina Campbell about planning a holiday in Ireland and Avril Bannerton gives us the heads up on Taste of Dublin which is taking place in Ivy Gardens from Thursday the 11th of June until Sunday the 14th of June But next, we're going to look at a recently launched award scheme. Last week, the Restaurant Association of Ireland held its annual award ceremony. Described as the Food Oscars, it was great to see a number of winners who actually have been guests here on Best Possible Taste and some who aren't that far away from the studios here in Newcastle West. The Oakroom in Adair Manor won the best hotel restaurant in Ireland. Elaine and Wade Murphy's 1826 Adair won best restaurant in Munster. A Roy in Limerick City, that Rachel Keeley has actually reviewed here on the show, was crowned best newcomer in Munster. Ox in Belfast, who featured on the show last week just as part of the report from the Kerrygold Ballymaloo Litfest, won not only Best Wine Experience in Ireland, but also Best Restaurant in Ulster. And a final mention to Loam in Galway, who won Best Emerging Irish Cuisine in Ireland, which Rachel Keeley will be talking about on her next review visit to the Best Possible Tea Studio in July. So we've got to look forward to. Lots of worthy winners there and lots I haven't mentioned. But do you know a chef that you admire and you want to see him or her recognised on a national level? Well, Shane Smith from Yes Chef magazine is on the line now to tell me more about the recently launched Yes Chef Awards. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grub's up. Delicious. Mmm. Shane, great to have you on the show this evening. The Yes Chef Awards, what's this all about? Do tell
4: kind of spawned from a charity uh, night that we had. It was a great success. We had invited a load of chefs to come and join us at the Belfast Harbour Commissioners. The following year, we also had a charitable dinner, and we decided that we had also launched the Yes Chef Awards, which was last year. The the level of interest from sponsors is amazing. Then, we launched the actual nomination lines uh, online, yeschef.ie forward slash nominations, and we have almost two-thirds of the same amount of nomination,
0: and do you find that the nominations are coming from all over the country
4: oh absolutely yes which is very encouraging to see that especially due to the fact that we originally started as a Northern Irish publication it, there's a lot of guys out there and this is why I started Yes Chef a lot of guys out there who don't sort of ride the PR train
0: You said there that people can go on to yeschef.ie forward slash nominations. Why do you want them to get on there and nominate? Why should they do that for their local chef or their favourite chef in Ireland?
4: Uh, It can be chef, front of house, um, restaurant, hotel restaurant, fine dining. We have extended the, um, because of the the, the popularity of last year, we had to extend the uh, categories. Um, We're not going to have sort of best loud, need, cabin but We're not going to go around all that, I think everybody from uh, across the island who are, you know, they're, they're working their hearts a the chef's life is a tough life, thank goodness I'm not one, and I think they deserve some recognition, and you're going into a local restaurant on a weekly or a fortnight or month a month or whatever way it might be, and you're getting a really nice dinner, and it's consistent, I think that's the huge um that's the, the bottom line, really.
0: Is there a number of stages in the the process, like once they're nominated, are, are people going out to assess them independently, or what What way does it work after you're nominated?
4: You will be nominated, you'll hit your quota, they will be vetted uh, on a, uh, I'll, I'll a questionnaire that we built from last year and built upon from last year. The panel of inspectors include chefs from the panel of chefs, chefs. Um, People from uh, the culinary arts uh, industry, arts, culinary arts college um, courses, um, like obviously the, the tutors and mentors. Um, we have people who would be, um, you know, high in the food writing, blogging end of things as well.
0: The award ceremony. Tell us about it. When does it take place, and when are the winners announced?
4: The winners will be announced on the twentieth of October um schedule is we have nominations open at the moment as soon as people start hitting the bar which will be in the next in fact a couple already have hit the bar uh, we will start inspections inspections will go through um june july august and in september we will have all the, the tallies in we will then uh, we're going to have a, a panel of judges whom we'll um invite to a dinner in a a, a, a secret dublin location And we will discuss and debate and deliberate and find out who is actually going to go forward at that stage we may have to have second inspections and uh, that we'll have that window towards the end of october and we'll cross all the t's dot all the i's in the er early part of october and then we have our awards there which is set for the hudson bay in Athlone, a essentially located area
0: Shane it all sounds fantastic yeschef.ie forward slash nomination so we'll appeal to the listeners now to get on there and vote vote vote
4: if they vote 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 we're also going to have a, a, a nominator's prize we have coffee hampers to give away so if people get on, nominate their name their email will be registered on it, they're all uh, obligatory questions and submit their survey, they are then automatically entered free to enter or to win a prize or two here and there.
0: All right, well, all the best with it, Shane, and thanks a million for talking to me this evening. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. Welcome back to tonight's programme. If you've just joined us, we heard earlier from restaurant reviewer Rachel Keeley, who enjoyed a lovely meal in Daroga, County Kerry. And just before the break, Shane Smith was talking about the Yes Chef Awards. So please do get nominating now. Never fear if you've missed some of the show as it will be up on the Best Possible Taste podcast later in the week along with all the previous shows. And you'll find the podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show. Still to come tonight. Avril Bannerton will be joining us on the phone to talk about Taste of Dublin, which takes place in Ivy Gardens from the 11th to the 14th of June and is celebrating its 10th year this year. Okay, so now it's perfect timing to have my next guest on the programme if you are planning a staycation this year. Georgina Campbell publishes guides that specialise in food, travel and hospitality, so who better to ask for some advice when trying to decide where to go, stay and eat. Cheers. Chin chin.
3: Salud. Schleiter.
0: Georgina, you're very welcome to the programme this evening
1: Thank you very much Sharon, it's great to be with you
0: And you have some tips and advice for people that are maybe heading off on a staycation this year that they're staying in Ireland Lots of great places around the country but what can they do in terms of research to make sure that they're going to the place that they want to be going to and staying in, in the in a place of high standards?
1: Well, you know, Sharon, I think one of the most important things is to take the time before your trip uh, to do as much research as you can. I think aside from anything else, you know, that it really adds to the pleasure of travel. I think if you take that time and, you know, you play around online and you, d- you, d- you find out as much as you can about the area that you're interested in going to and what's available in that area, I think that that really pays off. And it's the same with, um, you know, the recommendation spaces to stay. you know, look at as many sources as you can. Uh, We go to a great deal of trouble with the um, islandhyphenguide.com. As independent assessors, uh, we know we go to a huge amount of trouble to try and source the best for people and to tell them the truth. We only recommend the ones that we like, uh, but they're not all perfect. And so, you know, you need to read the full story and get the, the gist of what is the best about this place. You know, if, for example, if it's if perhaps it's a hotel, which has won uh, a family award, a family-friendly award, uh, it might not be the best place for you if you want to go for a romantic weekend. So, you know, there, you know it's horses for courses to a great extent. But I really recommend uh, going to the independent guides because, you know, I think the independent guides, and there are not many of them, uh, really sort of put their, their heads on the block, if you like, and, you know, they, they really, you know, they want people to enjoy themselves and to make sure that it's successful. And they also want to support those establishments. So, you know, the B&Bs, the guest houses, the hotels, which are doing a really good job. So, they, so really what the Independent guides is doing is to try and bring together uh, the best suppliers, of accommodation or food or whatever uh, and also you know the right people to go to.
0: TripAdvisor would be a place that a lot of people would use what's your view of it?
1: I think everybody uses TripAdvisor I mean it's just it's a phenomenon it's just suddenly come out of nowhere over the last few years and, and it's just universal now I, I, I think anyone who said they didn't use TripAdvisor at all would be lying, uh, but that doesn't mean you have to believe everything you read. And uh, no, I would I would be quite uh, quite careful about about what I would believe on TripAdvisor. I think it's very much open to abuse. Um, there have been quite a lot of interesting things shown up over the years. Uh, you know, there was that um, hotel, I think it was in Austria, uh, that didn't exist at all, that had a, all sorts of amazing uh, reviews. And, you know, things can happen. So, I, you know, I wouldn't take it all as gospel. Um, but I think as part of a package of uh, research tools, I think it's very useful.
0: All of the places that you would recommend are Vulture Ireland approved. What does that mean exactly?
1: Well, what it means really is that they, that they are registered, that they've been checked out, that there are certain basic uh, requirements that they meet. And uh, the, the thing is that it's the only registration system that we have in this country at the moment. And I feel very strongly that we need a new one. Uh, we need a, a system which is uh, is very inexpensive for people, so that people don't feel, uh, you know, that they can't go into business, uh, you know, because of the cost of this uh, this uh, registration. But I think we need to check very basic things like, you know, have you got your fire certificate? I mean, that that sounds very obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people around the country might have issues like uh, fire certificate uh, n- not, you know, the requirements not met for the fire certificate, or perhaps something like planning issues. Uh, there can be very serious things which are not obvious to the guest, and mightn't even be obvious to uh, to the casual observer who who is coming, uh, you know, from a guidebook. I mean, that is quite possible. So those sort of systems uh, can actually trace those uh, important things which need to be checked. And I think it could be as simple as something that you do yourself. You know, you fill in the form, you tick the boxes, you sign, you put your name to the fact that this is the truth and uh, then you know there would be spot checks and I don't think it should be expensive but I do think that there should be an option uh, which is there for registration which is not the um, the uh, Fulcher Island one which I think a lot of people feel is too expensive and also is quite restrictive and a lot of people are opting out at the moment which is a problem for us because we do actually require it as you say and the reason we require it is we, because we feel that it's the correct thing to do; that there should be a, a registration. In the north, um, in Northern Ireland, uh, there is actually a mandatory requirement. You can't open the business uh, before being registered, and I think we need that here as well.
0: You said there about Vulture Ireland and ticking boxes and making sure that they meet certain criteria. What is your assessment process? What does somebody have to do or have in order to be Georgina Campbell approved?
1: Well, it, it wouldn't be the same as the full trial and one. I mean, we're not interested in what, you know, how many armchairs people have got in a room or whether the curtains match the, match the bedspread, that kind of thing. You know, We're not into that kind of thing at all. Um, it, it, there is a subjective element to it. There's no doubt about that. I think, again, if you put your name to a guide, um, that there, people would expect that there would be a subjective element. But also, um, I and and our assessors, we have a team of, of independent assessors uh, who work all over the country. Um, they're not paid by the guide, but they're, they're independent people perhaps. Uh, they might be food writers and people like that, people who have got great experience, but are not professional all-time, uh, you know, full-time um, assessors. Uh, but we have this kind of team uh, of reliable people who fill in quite a complicated form. Uh, we go through the process that anybody would go through uh, if you were going to stay somewhere, the process of how easy it is to find your information before you go, um, how your booking is handled, uh, how your arrival is handled, and even things like how what the signage is like on the way, how easy is this place to find, uh, all of those sort of things then you know the, the reception that you have both in terms of the physical reception area but also the, the you know the warmth of the, of the reception by the, by the hosts. Uh, so the whole process uh, the you know the, the comfort of the rooms both both the bedrooms and the, the, the more public areas um, how good the food is everything and each of these areas um, has a section on our report form and so at the end of it we have a very full picture of the experience uh, that that particular assessor had on that particular day, and it may not be the same the next day. But that we go without uh, making appointments, uh, we book in, you know, if necessary, in another name. Uh, so you know, we, we behave very much as an ordinary uh, but observant guest would do.
0: You're, you're saying there about booking in a different name, but would you not be fairly well recognised whenever you arrive somewhere?
1: Well, uh, yes, that, that would certainly be a case. But, you know, by the time you arrive, well, for a start, I should perhaps put caveat also that you'd be surprised how unobservant staff can be sometimes. You know, that, that you can go for a meal and think, you know, that, that, it, that, that you might very well be recognised, and yet the staff would not pick up on you at all. So, you know, that isn't always the case. But th- the thing really is that if you're not expected... Uh, then once you arrive at a place, they can't really do that much to change it. Uh, you know, you're not going to uh, to have a different room. You're not going to have, you know, the room is not going to be suddenly spruced up or flowers put in it or anything special like that. Uh, the, the, the menu is there. It's set for the, for the day. And, you know, those sort of things are not going to change. And also, if by any chance you are recognized, uh, you can see very easily looking around, you know, how other people are treated. So you can compare the, the food on your table to the food on the next table. And, you know, I, th- I think, you know, once you have the experience of doing this sort of assessment, it's very easy uh, to pick out whether what is genuine and what isn't.
0: In the very unfortunate event that somebody arrives somewhere and it's not up to their standard for a very acceptable reason or unacceptable reason, what recourse do they have or what would you suggest they do?
1: Well, first of all, I would always suggest that people try to to sort it out at the time. I think, you know, it's it's, it's like dealing with stains. I think the sooner you deal with the problem, the better. And I think that, you know, you should, if if it's not an embarrassing situation, if for for instance, you've got guests, you can't do it. Uh, But if you're on your own, you know, just with your your own immediate um, family or, or close friends, and it's not embarrassing to do it, I think you should take it up immediately with the management and try and sort it out. Um, I think that, you know, a, a switched on manager uh, will certainly be very pleased that people are doing that and will try to, to you know, to, to give a very reasonable response. Now, if that doesn't work or if the circumstances aren't right, uh, then I would say again, as soon as possible, I think take it up in writing. I think a phone call is also a good idea, but I think particularly a, a written complaint is a good idea if it's, if it's a serious issue. And um, I think if, if, uh, if it isn't dealt with promptly, I would go to the guides i would i would send copies of of the letter in into guides and you know there's no there's no harm in allowing the people you're complaining to uh, to know that you're going to take it up further and people should deal with these things very promptly but i'm afraid we have a culture of not doing in this country and i'm constantly amazed at the amount of letters that go in now we don't have a lot of complaints but the proportion of the complaints that we do see going through. Uh, that are not dealt with correctly by management, and, and I must say that would be my one item of advice to managers, uh, whether it's of hotels or B&Bs or whatever, deal with these things promptly and deal with them nicely. It, it'll really pay back.
0: Okay. Well, you have um, a guide out at the moment. It's called A Taste of the Waterways: yeah. Favorite Places to Eat, Drink, and Stay, and it's a fairly unique
1: guide. It is indeed, yes, we've been been doing this for at least 15 years now. I think some of the inland waterways, I think it's one of the great hidden resources of Ireland, the untapped resources. Um, It's amazing how few people actually know very much about the waterways you know know what their names are the navigable waterways where they go uh, what's on offer once you get there and in fact it's you know you think in terms of the boating and that is the main point of this that this uh, particular guide we do in partnership with waterways ireland and it is focused on the boating side of things but waterways ireland like everyone in ireland uh, recently you know have been looking to broaden the appeal and i think that now we we have actually developed it quite a bit and there's there's a lot uh to, on offer in the corridors around the uh, waterways as well so all sorts of activities and not necessarily waterways activities i mean could be things like horse riding walking golf all kinds of things uh cycling now along the uh, uh, along the banks is becoming a very popular thing particularly along the canals uh, so you know there are loads and loads of things to do uh, but they're also lovely places to stay and i think you know people will be really surprised this is if you like the real Ireland you know it's it's this is the center of Ireland for the most part and it's it's completely different it's unique it's different from the rest of the country and they're very much themselves these places and they they are so exciting to find lots of simple things lovely old pubs for example the sort of pubs that you thought had gone years ago and uh, you know it's, it's a joy really uh, you, you know you must expect um, not necessarily huge standards because obviously you're not going to find you know, they're going to buy, not going to find you know, very um, high-end restaurants, or not very many of them. Although you'd be surprised there as well. I mean, for example, uh, Nevin McGuire's lovely restaurant, Black Lion, is very close to the waterways, and so we actually included as, as a you know to take a taxi from Linskillen uh to pop out to him for dinner. Uh, although you would have to book quite a long time. You town. would, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. You certainly would. yeah. yeah.
1: But there, um, all the, the point really is that there are places which you wouldn't perhaps think of in terms of the waterways. There, there are some, you know, real treat places as well. And there are also some cities. I mean, for example, well, the only real city would be Limerick. Uh, and we have recommendations in Limerick. And uh, Limerick, of course, is very much a, you know, a water-based city and you know everything for the Shannon starts you know from there upwards and it's just it's great fun that there's nothing more enjoyable I think than staying or eating drinking beside the water everybody loves it and it doesn't have to be the sea.
0: I'd absolutely agree with you and if you had to choose one place in the book to highlight to the listeners, where would it be? You've mentioned Nevin Maguire's McNeen House already.
1: Yes, I, I did. And I, I've been thinking, you know, particularly about the Limerick area, um, in, you know, knowing that I was going to talk to you today. And there's one place, I think, in particular that really stands out. And I think it may well be a favourite of yours, because I think, you know, a lot of people really love this place. And it's always kept its, its sense of itself Uh, very high standards, but hugely hospitable and terrific food, most of it grown on site, and of course it is the mustard seed, uh, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. It's a wonderful place to stay, it's a wonderful place to eat, and it's just a wonderful place to know that it's there. And I think, you know, if you're travelling across the country, um, particularly say you were going down to Kerry uh, for the summer, for your summer holidays or to West Cork, I think it's a place to bear in mind, as a treat place to break the journey on the way down or the way up and it's just a wonderful experience and you know it's just absolutely magic
0: I totally agree with you very lucky that it's on the doorstep here in Ballingarry, which is just outside Adair really it's not that far from Adair and certainly not from Newcastle West where I'm based
1: no it's not far from Adair but it's got that really rural feeling uh, that that you don't get in the village Adair is lovely uh, but it's always busy and, of course, the traffic thunders through it. And the thing about uh, Ballangari is that it's really rural, even though it's not far away. And, of course, the, 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 you know, the, the Monans are just wonderful people and it, it's, just, it's just got that specialness of, of being away from it all. So
0: people can actually get a copy of that guide free of charge, I believe, Georgina?
1: The Waterways Guide, yes. Uh, the Waterways Guide is free of charge. And, actually, it's also it's featured uh, this month, uh, June, in the new uh, food and wine magazine and the details are given in the magazine about how to get it but um, you can get it in tourist information offices which are along the waterways areas uh... free Uh, you can get it from uh, waterways island they will post it out to you and and so would i if you go on to island-guide.com i'd be very happy to post it out free Uh, and also you can get there's a pdf uh, which you can get on the waterways island uh, website as well Um, they have um, put up i think it's up now an interactive pdf uh, so you know there are, there are lots of ways to source this information and it costs nothing and, and of course there's our own guide as well
0: of course <laughs> I, like I was that. just going to say that and if people are looking for places outside of the waterways if they go into ireland-guide.com that's your website and you've lots of recommendations and offers and everything there really everything that people need
1: yes that's right we we cover a very broad range Uh, We have everything from hotels down to B&Bs, you know, a very broad range of of different types of places for different occasions, different budgets, and the same with the food and also food products and shops as well. So, you know, each, each county has got really a wide range of things which are of interest to people who care about quality.
0: That's super. Listen, Georgina, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. It's a great resource. Continued success with it. And I look forward to the next guide whenever it's due out.
1: Thank you very much indeed, Sharon.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. Welcome back to the best possible taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break you heard me chatting to the lovely Georgina Campbell, who had great advice to ensure that you have the best holiday experience in Ireland. Be sure to pick up a copy of Georgina's A Taste of the Waterways with all the details about where to eat, drink and stay. And if you're planning a trip to Dublin, how about incorporating a visit to Taste of Dublin, which is on in Ivy Gardens from Thursday the eleventh of June until Sunday the 14th of June? It's celebrating ten years. And Avril Bannerton is on the phone to tell us what we can look forward to. Bon Appetit. Yummy. Grub's up. Delicious. Mmm. Avril, thanks so much for taking the call this evening. Taste of Dublin is 10 years and you were actually there at the very start.
3: Yes, um, I saw the event actually happen in London, which had been running for three years and I was watching it with, I suppose, admiration and decided to take it to Dublin 10 years ago and I joined French Church with Land Events in the UK at that stage and uh, we hosted it in Dublin Castle, it was a huge success we outgrew the venue and then moved to the Ivy Gardens in the second year and here we are 10 years on
0: And Ivy Gardens is so central because it's not that far off St Stephen's Green
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it technically is. Actually, it's, it's Dublin's hidden secret. It's just off. It's right bang in the middle of Stephen's Queen, right beside the Lewis. So it's so accessible for everybody. And, you know, I think everybody in the world knows where Capperface Jacks is, actually directly across the road from there. It seems to yeah, be a fairly favourite haunt. But, you know, it's a great spot and it's very magical.
0: Well, as you're celebrating 10 years, what exciting events are taking place on site?
3: Oh, my God, we've such an array, I mean, to the point that every every, every part of, of the venue is actually sort of, um, I suppose, has got an amazing feature happening. But we have a lot of, obviously, we've got all of our restaurants. We have 21 restaurants lined up this year. You know, a lot of the old restaurants and a lot of the new, you know, we still have the capture ones and the drag tours. And there were restaurants that were with us in the very, very beginning, supported with um, a lot of Asian fusion. So it's quite a nice mix of restaurants. We have a huge amount of masterclasses with Electrolux Taste Theater, Electrolux Chef Secrets. They're all sort of interactive demos, which will be happening through the course of the weekend. We also have the Electrolux Secret Ingredients, which is very interesting, and that's hosted by BBC One's master chef, Tim Anderson. So that's a really, really special um, event where people can learn all about naturally stored ingredients and through sensory journey of taste. This year, for the tenth year back, we've the O'Brien's Wine Experience, and they're also official partner. They match all of the wines with the dish served in our 21 restaurants, which is quite unique. So it means um, it's educational, but it's also obviously very easy for people to, to 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 pair up. This year, for the first time, Sharon, we also have um, the Skillery, which is inspired by dairy, and that's from the National Dairy Council. So that'll be an interesting one, and that's all about unique knowledge and learning skills coupled with outstanding quality produce from I suppose our natural grass-based system. So there's a lot of I suppose healthy um, information there and people can explore the, di- the life of the skillery with inspired by dairy this year. Um, very new to taste charm, we have espresso, an espresso for the first time joining us and they'll have a double tiered experience um, area where people can actually learn about the art of coffee, coffee making. And that's become very much, I suppose, on-trend, you know, tea and coffee shows around the world have really, really taken off. So they will have their um, ambassador chef, Kevin Thornton, who's a Michelin star chef, representing them on-site and pairing coffees with food. So that'll be very interesting. Um, Also, we have Sony, representing a taste of Japan this year. So the public can learn, um, can obviously, I suppose, get involved in the masterclasses twice a day, um, try out some, I suppose, um, sushi rolling and um, obviously combine the technology side of things with it and, and see a lot of stuff uploaded in the smart
0: And that's Fiona Uyama that's involved in that's that right. who, is, who has yes. been on the show here a couple of times is right, she's very, very skilled very in the art of Japanese cuisine.
3: Absolutely. She'll be demoing and she'll basically be representing that that whole feature for, 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 the, for the course of the weekend. And then we have a huge amount we have a huge array of I mean I could go on and on but there's a huge amount of I suppose Interactive um, restaurant experience, uh, food experiences. Um, Aldi will be back the end of this year. As you know, last year they ran and they had an amazing, obviously, feature. Their feature still remains a secret, so they will be disclosing what well, that's going to be um, a few days close to the event. So it's, it's always actually interesting for the public just to get in, in, um, behind the scenes. Um, they always roll out quite a unique um, event. And then we have a huge amount of other attractions happening. We have um, Bulmer's Bar matching up with the old spot, which is matching ciders with foods again, which has become um, very, very trendy and informative and people are big into their whole, I suppose, cider and um, information classes, so that will be really interesting. Um, we also have the Celebrity Cruises and Tashinger parking up at the Sunday VIP area, so again, if, if somebody buys into the, I suppose, the VIP tickets, um, people can obviously experience and enjoy a really nice class of Tashinger. Um, within the sort of cruise feeling after Celebrity Cruises. So it won't drift away, but hopefully it will. It
0: sounds <laughs> wonderful.
3: Them. Exactly. It'll inspire. It'll inspire. And a huge amount of people. I mean, Taste of Thailand, who have been with us again for nine years running now, are back. And, you know, they put on such an array of cultural performances. We also have a huge lineup of entertainment over the course of the weekend with about 20 different bands. And a lot of it, the, the famous legends back, smash hits, spring breaks, so they're, they're all booked again, along with a lot of new talent as well. But um, a huge amount happening this year at Taste of Dublin. As I said to you, probably one of our busiest years from an interactive perspective. A lot of complimentary demos for people to engage in. And a lot of things for people to do and a lot of tasting over the course of the weekend.
0: You've a great mix there of homegrown talent. You mentioned Kevin Thornton. Mm-hmm. I know there's some other Irish chefs there. And then the international talent as well.
3: That's right, yes, we have actually a good combination, but again, we always like to, I suppose, support our own local talent because we have such a huge, I suppose, just a huge mix, and we have some really, really good, um, I suppose, just world-famous world chefs working in, in Ireland who have started from day dot. I mean, you have the likes of Neville Maguire, who's a huge Irish figure, Chota McKenna, Kevin Dundon, um we've obviously got Heather, edward hayden coming in from the uk we've monica galetti from masterchef um who has worked very very closely with michelle rose jr who's also going to be at the event this year but along with a lot of our homegrown we have Ross lewis richard corrigan kevin thornton and oliver dunn also appearing alongside Derry clark from from um Le restaurant in dublin did richard and of course rachel allen sorry i forgot to mention rachel Rachel's also participating in, in Taste this year. Sorry?
0: Did you honour Richard Corrigan in some fashion at the launch?
3: We did. Um, we presented for the second time ever the Taste Icon Award, and that was presented about three weeks ago. And the first Ice was we figure, of that was Myrtle Allen for her association with the in the food, Irish, Irish food industry. This year it went to Richard Corrigan again, for his, I suppose, participation and his promotion of Irish um, food within both the Irish and the UK market. As you know, he has a number of restaurants in the UK, but he's now exporting a lot of his homegrown from his venue in Virginia, his new hotel in Virginia, and he's now obviously um, exporting a lot of that. So um, that was a huge part of the recognition and and they um, support alongside uh, alongside Richard.
0: Let's talk for a minute then about the people that this is targeted at because it's run in a very different way compared to other festivals in terms of opening hours.
3: Yes, that's right. Um, We, Sharon, we open, basically technically we have a lunchtime and a dinner session and we start on Thursday the 11th of June. So this year for the first time we're actually running out on Thursday afternoon from 12 o'clock to four. We then close for an hour and a half and we reopen at 5.30 at 9.30 on the Thursday. I always no. feel
0: so sorry for the people that have to get the people out it's, it's, to get that know, next it's session. Amazing.
3: It's you see a lot of people actually <laughs> buying new tickets to come back in again, which is a great sign because I think what happens, a lot of people just get such a good feel and there are so many of such complementary interactions and learning skills, but, you know, you just there isn't enough time in the day to just do it all within the four-hour period. So what we find is that people, some people will use it social, you know, from a social perspective on maybe an evening and you'll come back in maybe during the daytime and they'll use it for sort of, I suppose, on a more serious note um, to, I suppose, get a chance to meet a lot of their sort of favourite chefs, get up and close, get to maybe taste a lot of the dishes and also to um, get involved in some of the interactive areas, which uh, there are a number of. Um, So it's, it's an amazing, it's, and also then we also have a family afternoon on both Friday and Saturday afternoons. So we do... Again, see a lot of repeat visitors coming back in and and just using it as a possible chill out family afternoon. You know, they may have been in maybe in a very or Friday, and because they've enjoyed it so much and they see the potential to, I suppose, up update their skills, um, they come back in again, which is, is which is really nice.
0: So it is targeted at singles, couples, groups, hands, families. Like as long as you choose the right time to go.
3: Yes, and we find a huge corporate market. So we find um, they uh, a lot of basically the Thursday afternoons are people that maybe might have downtime during Thursday afternoon. This year, for the first time ever, we're hosting a big break, which is in association with Bank of Ireland, and the whole idea behind it is basically focusing the networking and the pitching skill side of things. Um, from that. I suppose if, you, if you're looking to sort of access the industry and get involved in in the restaurant business or get involved in something to do with the food and drinks business, Bank of Ireland will be there to obviously assist people and give them lots of hints and tips. So that's a really nice um, afternoon and is a great networking one for people who are also involved with Chase. I mean, we've so many, exhibitors, over 100 exhibitors at the event. Um, it gives them a chance to talk to the restaurant and obviously gets a lot, lots, a lot of people in the industry networking um, and also Thursday evening then usually Thursday afternoon also will be our, our launch which will be our official sort of our sponsors and our partners together. Thursday evening again you find find more social Thursday night as you know coming back and from a corporate perspective it's become very much a night out again. Friday afternoon is our style and fashion afternoon and we have um, we're doing something in association with Paris Course Hotels which will be um, we'll have a style icon award on the Friday afternoon and there will be a number of prizes available for the most most appropriately dressed ladies of taste and we also again find that we get um, a nice social outing and also friday night Saturday night again very strong social and saturday afternoon sunday afternoon very strong on the family side of things and again sunday night tends to be wrap-up party and a lot of trade who tend to who are actually maybe off on a Monday, and use it as possible outlet just to to Enjoy themselves as the job after a lot of hard work over the weekend.
0: What advice do you give to somebody then to make the most of their four hours in there?
3: I would suggest highly um, to really, really look to go through our website, to study the website, and almost plan your time at taste, whether it be an evening event or, or a daytime event. You know, it's really, really nice. Or if you are travelling up in the country, you know, it's 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 a perfect opportunity to come up and enjoy. Lunchtime, maybe hook up with friends. Get back in that evening, and you know, still have a chance to basically head home that evening because the event closes at, at ten o'clock on, on on Friday and Saturday night, or maybe overnight and um, use it to possibly educate yourself on one of the days and and have a have a fun night out on another. So huge flexibility. You know, it's so easy to travel up from the country now. It's it's you know, it's, you get to Dublin in an hour and a half, two hours, subject to where you're coming from and um, we've tried to make our tickets very affordable so we start them at 15 euros you know for for entry only tickets and you know there are a number there's also a family ticket available at 30 euros so what we're really trying to do i suppose is, is make that taste as, as as accessible as possible to the public and, and giving them as much value for money as possible
0: before you go then avril the personal highlight for you this year what is it
3: Oh, wow, well, it has to be Michelle Roux, you know, sort of rejoining us at Taste because, again, I was so impressed with his appearance at Taste last year. He was such a lovely man. Obviously, Richard Corrigan, um, who's been our sort of taste icon, you know, and, and been available throughout the weekend and working with us. From a feature perspective, uh, hard to be um, biased, but I would sort of say I'm really looking forward to some of the new features that haven't been there before. Um, very much so, the Nespresso um, experiential area. It's the first time that Nespresso have actually um, ventured into Ireland um, from a festival perspective. So it'll be very interesting, and they have some huge plans for that. Um, I love the way um, Sony are going. I love the fact that they're connecting technology with with food. You know that'll be very very interesting. And I am a big I'm a big Japanese food fan anyway, so I'm really looking forward to see Fiona and, and learn a lot of her tips. And of course, really looking forward to engaging and, and um, visiting some of my favorite restaurants, which I can't say, but they, they all are past first taste. But I mean, huge, um, I, there's, there's nothing, I mean, every every day will be very, very different. And there's such a host of different things um, happening. Um, I wish it was just going on for a full week as opposed to a weekend.
0: I agree with you. No, I have done it from the family perspective last year but I am ditching the husband and children this year and going with the girls and I cannot wait. So thanks so much for giving me the heads up on it and all those tips and advice, all very useful. Um, For listeners then, it's tasteofdublin.ie is the website. You would advise them, I presume, to go on and buy tickets in advance?
3: I would suggest um, to pre-book as much as possible because it does just make life easier. We will always have a number of tickets available on the gate but again, to avoid disappointment, I would suggest I mean some of some of the sessions are actually beginning to sort of fill up, but as I said, we always hold tickets on the gate back. But just to avoid disappointment, to try and try and pre-book. But weather is looking good. Um, all the positive signs are there, and it's going to be fantastic to taste to take the Dublin.
0: Well, congratulations on the tenth year of it, and here's to the next ten. Cheers, chin chin.
3: Salut, schleiter
0: Thanks to Avril for the chat there and congratulations again on celebrating a 10 years of Taste of Dublin. Now, let's look at some events coming up and I mentioned the Wild Atlantic Seaweed Festival that's on in Ballybunion, County Kerry this weekend and Sinead Hennessy from Fulch, Ireland was on the show last week with lots of details of June events so you can check out all of those she mentioned including the one in Ballybunion on the website Ireland. .ie forward slash food. And one event Sinead mentioned was the Listowel Food Fair, which is celebrating its 21st year and it's actually Ireland's longest running food festival. Tickets for the festival Celebration Dinner, which features a seven-course tasting menu, are now on sale. They cost €50 per person, which I think is a super price for seven courses, and each course features produce that was entered into the Best Emerging Artisan Food Producer Awards, and the winner of that will be announced on the night. So for tickets, you can contact the Listowel Arms Hotel in Listowel, County Kerry, where the dinner will be held on Friday the 19th of June, and you'll get their contact information on the website website the Please do keep sending details of your cookery demos, food courses, product launches and fundraisers to s.noonan at live.ie and I'll be only too delighted to give them a shout out here on the diary on best possible taste. That sadly is all we have time for this evening on the show. Thanks so much for your company and to all of tonight's guests, Rachel Keeley, Shane Smith, Georgina Campbell and Avril Bannerton. Remember the podcast, soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show if you missed any of the show tonight or maybe an older one or you want to tell a pal until next week when chemmare foodie karen Coakley is set to return we've missed you karen bon appetit